For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's a Friday morning. Actually, uh, I realized somebody called my attention. I did the wrong Haftorah. We're already starting Parshish Kalm this week. I did the one on Mishpatim. Uh, <laughs> and my shall we say the Yotzers too. So, well, so let me see a few words over here, which is actually being sponsored anonymously by a kind uh, benefactor and uh, about the famous story of Yoash. That's the Haftar we do. Even though, it, to, to my mind, I mean, I understand why this is the Haftar of because they got together all the money to fix up the base of Migdash and so forth. This would be, in my way of thinking, better for uh, Truma or Vayakel or something like that because there are different ways of raising money. And Moshe Rabbeinu simply made a magbit, you know. Uh, he said the whole Kali Yisrael, everybody give whatever they want to give. And as you know, there was a wave of enthusiasm and they oversubscribed. As we all know, Ad Kadeh, that Moshe had to say, Stop giving. <clears throat> That's not what happened here. Um, instead, there was one scheme to raise the money and all that, which didn't work, and then they had to go to a second scheme, and that worked. Uh, we're talking, of course, as I'm sure most people listening to podcasts know, about the history of one of the kings of Judah, Yoash. I think many are familiar. I've certainly spoke about it in the past the very strange and tragic uh, biography of this king because when he was a baby, his grandmother killed the whole family. And that was the massacre of the house of David by Asalia, including the babies. And he was spirited away by a nurse, a relative of his, and they hid him, the story is, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Because the wicked Queen Asalia, and she was the daughter of Achav, had an idea, but she pulled off, to exterminate the house of David and, and take over the country and turn it into like a Gaisha country, you might say, or something like that. So in other words, here you had the bitter fruit of the misguided policy of Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda was a from guy and who felt very strongly the the, uh, the the pressure, internal pressure, that there should be peace among all Jews, the from and the not from. And he allied himself with Achav, the king of the north. So Yosha was king of the south. Achav was the king of the north. And, and now Yosha was a very from guy. The question is always, how much do you do Achdus and how much do you do you know, Shmir Samitzvah, let's put it that way. And we have here the classic problem in all um, situations, mixed situations. We have from and not from. And that is, well, the good one, me must be on the bad one, the bad one must be on the good one. It's, it's interesting because I've lived through a revolution and that sort of thing. When I was a kid uh, and went to the day school here in Baltimore, the TA, which is 100 years old, over 100 years old. So, this is a million years ago, of course. So, uh, half the kids were from, half the kids were not from. That's the way it used to be. 
Why would a not from kid want to go to Orthodox day school? Eh, this reason, that reason, whatever. You know, I go into a lot of people were European and they want the kids to have some Jewish education. Or you had the old way of saying if he gets a little bit, a little bit Jewish education, I'll marry a Jew and not a guy. I mean, you know, all kind of things like that. And so most grades in the school was, you know, part from and not part, part not from. My particular class uh, had a larger percentage of from kids simply because they had a lot of rabbis, clay Kodish children in there. But we had our share and more than our share of kids who uh, were not from and, and never did become. It's interesting. Somebody can go 12 years to a school, to a, a Jewish school, day school, from school, and emerge after the 12 years with garnished. It's just interesting, you know? And here we are many years later, and, you know, the from kids are still from, the non ones are not from, uh, you know, I know a few of them. Now, um, but on the other hand, there are plenty of people who came from non-from families or semi-from families, and uh, as a result of going to a day school, or a girl going to Beis Yaakov, which was new at that time, they became from. So it was, it, was, it was tricky. The old school way of looking at it, the older generation, which is no longer here, had the idea that every kid, every Jewish kid should be given a Jewish education, if possible, even though they knew most parents aren't going to send them to such a school. And you hope that they'll become from somewhere along the way. And I can tell you, there's plenty of rabbis and rabbonim and Rosh Hashivas and so on and so forth who are like that. Today, this is not conceivable. A from parent is not going to send this kid to a school where everybody's, unless everyone's from. I mean, in Baltimore and Lakewood and Muncie and New York and this and that and the other. That's, that's how I'm about out of town. But, you know, in those kind of places, certainly in Israel. Matter of fact, if they had even one non from kid in the class, parents would be freaking out. Or at least some parents that I know. So, uh, and that's true in general. When I grew up, uh, in my old neighborhoods, all the rest of it, you know, there were a few from kids, we all knew each other. Most people I encountered, whether in synagogue or in school or anywhere else, were not from. Today, the from live totally in a ghetto. I'm, you know, here, like I say, in, in all the cities that I know, and they live like, next to people like themselves, uh, for the most part. And, you know, that's this uh, circling wagons or this ghettoization is just an interesting phenomenon. So it's always a question you're afraid that you don't want, you want, your, you don't want your kids to be influenced by big kids. If you knew the, the opposite would happen, then you'd be okay. Uh, Yoash was a son, grandson, I should say, of Acha's daughter, Asalia. And she wiped out the Horeo family and he as a baby, was raised inside the base of Mishnah Temple, which was closed down during the reign of Asalia, because she wanted Baal and Asherah, and she certainly did it. So the base of Mishnah was pretty much an abandoned building, and Kabbalah to goes HaKadoshim. Kabbalah Kodesh I have no idea what happened as far as the Kodesh HaKadoshim is concerned, simply because what Asalia, the wicked queen, uh, re- retained the um, the Aron with the Luchos, which were inside the Kodesh Kodoshim at that time, 
She didn't try to destroy it. Maybe the priest hid it away. You know, there's a lot we don't know. I do know this. You are not coming out normal if you spend your, your child years up to the age of six or seven, you know, by yourself in a room all day long, like Anne Frank hiding from the Nazis, with the Kohen Gadol, Yehoyan and his wife bringing them food, breakfast, lunch, and supper. I mean, it's, a, it's a crazy story. The reason I mention it is because um, the Haftorah, as you know, takes place after it was a counter coup. So the wicked queen killed out everybody, but she didn't know about this baby. But eventually, when the baby was seven years old, the high priest, who was out of a job, Yehoyada, organized a counter coup, which is in the preceding chapter before this um, Haftorah, in Malachim Bay's uh, chapter 11, I guess, or 12, whatever it is, and, uh, and killed the queen and put the little kid on the throne. And as it says... In our Torah today, as long as the old man was alive, the Kohen Gadol, he exercised a positive influence on the uh, king, and uh, things were good. When the old man died, well over 100 years old, then he had trouble. And the reason he had trouble was because, we, we, the, the, what kind of a training is there for a king? I mean, this guy became a king when he's seven years old, so I suppose his... Education was entrusted Yehoyada, um, but he was dealing with a kid who was already traumatized, as, as far as I can see. And just because you're a king doesn't mean you're the smartest person ever lived. A smart ruler, what I mean to say an intelligent ruler, will have advisors and make sure you're surrounded by people who can give you good advice even when you don't want to hear it. This is Machiavelli's whole book, right? And it's also in Plato's The Republic. You need people to tell you what you're doing wrong. Maybe they don't tell you publicly, but tell you what you're doing wrong so you know not to keep repeating the mistakes. When the old man died, he had no one to replace him. And then the nobles of Judah corrupted him and brought him to a terrible death because in the end he was sodomized to death or something like that. So it's a it's a very tragic story, but um, here we're dealing with the good times when uh, the old man was still alive, and the king says we have to let, let's go and uh, fix up the base of Migdash. So that's why this is Pasha Shkalim because they had raised money, not Shkalim for the carbonus exactly. But to fix up the base and makes the 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 you know physical plant. So what this means is that the wicked queen, although we're not told this, when she was there, she built a big temple of Baal that we are told about, and things like that. And the base and mix was left in the desuetude, and she apparently wrecked the place. Now the truth of the matter is, even if you don't wreck the place, if you don't take care of the physical plant, it'll go to pot. And so they had to raise the money. And the question is, how do you raise the money? And they tried one way, and that didn't work. Then they tried the other way. Um, here's the point to remember. And think about this. Uh, maybe the Malvin talks, that somebody does. Uh, for six or seven years, the basin makes have been left in desuetude. It was an abandoned building. You're not supposed to go to go there. 
So t- think of the backlog of carbonus that people said, now the base makes it back. You know, I had three kids during those six years. That's the three carbonus my wife has to bring. Uh, I have other, you know, in the Dharm, the Dubas, this, that, and the other. All kind of carbonus to have a backlog to pay back. Chato'os. Oshams. You know how it goes. And now that means that there's going to be sort of like a rush on the base of And if the plant isn't in good shape, it's not going to be able to accommodate all the people that want to use it. And the base of is meant to be used. And so, uh, therefore, he starts by saying, which the Mepharshim say that the money that the Kohanim gets uh, will amount to a fair amount, you know, a, a, a sizable amount. I mean, I know exactly how it goes, but consider the following. A guy comes and he says, now that the wicked queen is gone, I owe you trumas from the last six years. That could be a fair amount of money. I owe you other things. Whatever it is, I owe you for the last couple of years. I wasn't able to do it. Uh, maybe I owe you for opinion of Benz, things like that. I wasn't able to do it. And so, there should be a fair amount of money coming towards the Kohanim. They should then undertake to do the Bedekabais. They should undertake from their from their own funds uh, to, to fix their Bedekabais. Uh, that's tricky. When you... As I said before, it'd be interesting to have this Haftorah connected by Yakel or something like that because um, there are different ways of raising money. One way, in general, one way is to ask all the members of the operation to contribute. That's a very common way. It can be a pain in the neck. It's easier, speaking from experience, it's easier if you have a particular project to go to two or three people who can give some serious money and done. On the other hand, very often, you know, uh, people wanted that there should be like a, a, a general fundraiser from from all the members, all the people involved. So which way do you go? Well, at first he says, let everybody supply the Kohanim and the Kohanim will kick in the money. But the Kohanim did not do so. That's the famous story. Because it's an easy idea in general, but doesn't mean it actually happens. Right? Uh, in the 23rd year, it says, Okay? So, that's a long time. And you wonder, why is it that he waited a quarter of a century for doing this? I don't know. It would mean that the king was uh, 30 years old at the time. The old man, the Yehoyada coin, who was his, his guide, was still around. Right? And the king says to Yehoyada and the others, what happened to money? Now, maybe he didn't know about it. I don't know. But let's put it this way. Um, it's easy to say, you guys are getting a lot of money now, therefore you guys should handle this project on your own. Theoretically, you might say it's a good idea. Contribute to the base and make this. But on, on Lamaisa, the people say, this. why do I have to get out of my money? Even though you might say, well, it's money that was given to you as a coin, from your friends for holy purposes. Don't you think you should take off a piece of that and fix up the base of Mish? After all, you Kohanim are working there every day. Don't you want a better plant? You know, besides the fact that it's it's, it's not Bakavadik, it's the base of Mish after all. So it should look like something. 
and you're just letting it go in this in this way. Uh, but on the other side, if you're asking me, me, myself, and I, and I'm a coin, take out of my bank account and give it to them, well, you know, maybe I do, maybe I don't, maybe I say like this. You know, you got a lot of richer, got a lot more richer quantum than, than me. Uh, let those guys do it. It's what what would be a, a real hit in my pocket would be chump change for those guys. Because, you know, they were richer quantum and poor quantum. Naturally, uh, it didn't work out well. Uh, so it's just very interesting, this shita of looking to raise all your money from one of a very specific group. It did make sense because they were getting money but it didn't in, in point of actual fact it didn't work uh, as I said before people don't like it when, when a guy says I have a great idea you should contribute the money towards this new operation <laughs> again let me get this straight your idea is that I should give the money <laughs> you know great great idea um, but on the other hand it is for the base amygdala so you'd figure the quantum wouldn't do but the point of fact is they did not do it okay uh, now, had the king, I don't know why the king de- did not make simply a public appeal when the style of Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, you know, back in the Mishkan, but kings apparently don't operate that way. Uh, when Shlomo built the base of Mishkan, he didn't, he didn't, you know, do that. Uh, in fact, King David, when he was storing away the money for the future building base of Mishkan, he didn't do that. People kicked in what they kicked in, and if you read in Divrayama, it was mostly elites. Yo of the army generals, uh, um, prophets. It's all at the end of Divrayama. Okay, but here uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't say let's make a general appeal for funds. I'm not 100 sure why. Uh, we cannot know um, how conditions were exactly, but there might be a big hint. And the big hint goes like this. Rak habamas lo saru. It says that in our Haftar, which is very significant in our story. Okay? Vayas yo ashayosha b'ni Hashem ashayoro As long as the old priest was alive, the king did the right in the eyes of Hashem. Rak habamas lo saru. Od ha'am mezabchim mekatrim habamas. The people still use the bamas. Now let's say that it doesn't mean that they were doing idols. Let's say that it means they were offering Jewish sacrifices, Mizapkin Makatrian on Bamos. I, according to the Talmudic law, once the base of was built, the Bamos were all served. That may be. But you know and I know if you've ever read the book of Malachim and Divra Yamim, that ninety nine percent of the time that did not happen. The only king I can remember or kings who got rid of the Bamos was Chizkiah and Yoshiahu, I think. Uh, even a frummy like uh, Yoshavad, they still have bummers. So consider this well. If I'm offering all my... And, and by the way, this had to be intensified by the six-year reign of the wicked Queen Asalia. Pretend I was a from Jew, living in Beis Lechem during the reign of Asalia. What do I do for carbon pesa? What do I do for carbon toda? For, you know, the chatas, osham, ola, and all the rest of it, which was such a central part of Judaism once upon a time. We forget that. So, 
I can't go to base Amigdash. There is no base Amigdash. The queen had closed it down. And so that intensified the people saying like this, okay, if there's no base Amigdash, we'll use the Bamas. And it turned out it's much more convenient. It's like today saying, you know, there's a nice big shoal five blocks away from your house, but it, but on your block, just moved in a kolel, and they daven, and so where are you going to go in Chavez? You see? I, the kolel, could be like in a relatively small house or something like that. Yeah, but it's very convenient. It's right here. That's natural. People are like that. So that was the attraction of the bummer. It's like a private minion instead of a public <coughs> synagogue. I can build a high place of some sort, and I've seen a very cool-looking Bama in Megiddo, actually, when I was there, in Israel. Very cool-looking Bama. Red clay earth, surrounded by stones. It would look very neat and very cool-looking. So, I could do all my Kabbalahs there. And that's what they did. Now, hold on. So that was a from thing. Instead of me going to Yerushalayim and offering a carbon to Baal, or a Shera, which is what the queen wanted, I'm staying in Beis Lechem in my scenario, and I'm doing the Jewish carbonus just on Obama. Which carbonus you do? I mean, if I don't know if you're a Talmudically literate person, ain't be Obama Gadol, Obama all of this, you know, in the first prayer of Miguel and all that. But I'm sure most people just simply use the Obamas, you know, as 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 daily operations or weekly operations. Now the base of Misha was restored under Yehoyada and Yoash. But people say like this, okay, I'm glad to hear it. I'm not, but I want to tell you something. I pay for the upkeep of my local Obama. It's used by my family or my neighborhood or my block. I ain't giving a lot of money to the base of Migdash. You hear the problem? In other words, how are you going to restore people to seeing the centrality of, of the base of Migdash once you got used and accustomed during the six years of Asalia to, um, to the Obama system? which is very convenient. So for that reason, I think, the king said, well, let, let the Kohanim get the money from the people you know, who want it because, you know, Pidyan Aben, and as I said before, uh, many of the, the Shkalim and the lots of other things, you know, go through the Kohanim. But when that didn't work, as we know, then they did a Makbit in general through the Pushka. Right? They're being a big, a big box with a hole in it. You put the money when you go in. Uh, the, the no, the regular baller bus puts the money when you go in, and later on it's opened. You know, by authorized people, by Yahuyad, whoever it was. Um Kesev, I'm Where is it now? Bevoish Beis Hashem, Benasna Shemakhanim. It's called Kesem Beis Hashem, and I hear this. Vayikachir Aaron Echad that Yahuyad, the old man, took a big uh, box. With a with a hole in it, like you have in a pushka, we think it's mizbech miyamim bevoish beis Hashem, and the idea is the pushka is right there on the mizbeach. So it's a little bit like a synagogue, you know, uh, give to this and this cause, and uh, and people would, because that's something that's just smart. You're not asking them for a specific amount. Once you're the type of person who's already going to the base of Migdash, and once you're in the mood. To, you know, to, 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 to bring a carbon for whatever reason, even a carbonola, so, you know, because that means me, you must be in a certain frame of mind. So you'll kick in a little money into the pushka. And after a while, because of volume, the money will be big, big enough. And that was used, as he says before, for the people who worked on the plant.
L'choshe Eitz, Bonim, Beis Hashem, the Godrim, the Chotzei Evan, Eitzim, Babnei, L'chadis, Beis Hagabayis. It was all used on the plant, on the, on the, in the base of English buildings. Okay? Uh, not clay shares, he goes to tell you, uh, but for the plant. Now, uh, why not the clay shares? Not 100% sure. I know Jonas and Apeshit says that they saw that the one day the clay shares would be taken by the guy. I don't know. Uh, but this system worked. So, that means that they had to figure out a way to raise the money from a fairly indifferent public. If they chose this system of a pushkin next to the altar, it means if they would make a general appeal, they didn't think that they would get good results. Now remember, the kingdom was already being taxed. You have to support a government and an army and all the rest of it. That's true. Uh, so if you say, and we're also making a special magbit for the base of Migdus, it would have been a problem because you're already being heavily taxed. Moshe Rabbeinu did not have this problem back in the in, in the de- desert. Think about what I'm about to tell you. There were no taxes. It was a certain um, anarchy. I mean, I, I mean in the political science sense of anarchy. When Moshe Rabbeinu said there was no government. He just had some sort of a judiciary. And the people followed Moshe, who followed the pillar of fire, you know. But they didn't have a Department of State, Department of Defense, Department of Justice. Treasury, all the rest of it. So, and people still have plenty of money left over from Egypt. And so, Moshe Rabbeinu could say, give money for the Mishkan. By the time you get to Yoash, uh, there have been plenty of taxes. And there were even later. And it was necessary. So then, any money for the base of Mishkan, like extra money on top of the taxes. So, clearly, they must have feared at least my understanding, must have feared that if they'll raise a general magbit, that will in, encourage the people to do the uh, bummers and will discourage them from the, going to base of Migdash, and that's not what they wanted. Notice, if I have my local bummer, and then I get a bill in the mail, or an appeal, go and contribute to the big synagogue, I said, heck with it. I wasn't consulted on this. I'm going to double down and uh, get and, and, and not go to the big synagogue and go, like I say, to the Kolo Minion uh, down, down my block. So they had to take into account human psychology. At least Yehoyada, the coin, who was the smart guy behind all this, had to take this into account. And they did so. Uh, the Pushka is a great idea. Nobody tells anybody how much to put in. People put in as much as they want. And you know how it goes? I've seen in my shoulder shul, this guy puts in a nickel, and the other guy puts in a 20 or a 50. That, that's how life is, right? So for a whole bunch of them, you can get together some serious money. That's what they needed. And if they had to spend all the money on the physical plant, it must have really been in bad shape. So you see over here that the Haftorah Parshish is about Magbits, but how to raise money, and what's the right sheet done? Turns out there is no right sheet. you got to adjust it to the situation. got to adjust it to the group you're attempting to, to raise the money from. Uh, some places a parlor meeting will work. Other places it will not. Some places a shtick will work, like a, a concert or something like that. And other places it will not. And some places they'll say everybody here is being assessed a certain amount, 
and the people will, will, will pay. In other places, they will not. So, perhaps the most interesting part of Parshish Kalim is, um, the Haftar Parshish Kalim is, uh, that when you move from the glittering generalities of the Chumash, which is everybody has to give a Machzah Shekel, and you get down to brass tacks for a specific project, you have to come up with new ideas, possibly, and adjust them to the reality in which, which you find yourself. Anyway, that's what I thought about the project. Again, I want to thank our anonymous sponsor and wish everybody a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.